I want to share a word with you. I, I have been seeking God throughout this uh, experience, all the shifts and the shapes that we've gone through, and I have a feeling that there's going to be a continued morphing of, of things and headlines and activities, and uh, especially as we lead up to probably one of the most important elections in this country uh, in a century. And uh, so we're, we're going to have to watch and be attentive. That song, we're, we have to keep praying in that song to be used where God would show us to be used. Right? Amen? Amen. You, may, you have an opportunity, you know, we'll get into this as we get closer to elections, you'll have an opportunity in a voting booth, but day to day our opportunities are on the lower level of individuals, one to one, as we speak to different individuals, wherever you're at, at a store or anywhere else. And so I, I want to share with you this message that uh, I felt prompted by the Holy Spirit to share. And it starts in the book of Numbers. And uh, basically, uh, wake up and take a stand. We need to stand in the position God has his church in. Amen? And, and you need to listen to Jesus as to where he would have you stand. And so I want to take you to this place and uh, show you in Numbers chapter 16, verse 41, where to go. Amen. Let me tell you the story. Numbers 16, 41, there's a rebellion against Moses' leadership. The Korah uh, is coming against Moses. They said, how come you're the big deal? Uh, Korah thought he had something to offer to the leadership why you, Moses, and not me? And uh, when he came against Moses, Moses said, you know what? I don't want to argue with you. Meet me at the tent. Right? When you, were in, uh, when you were in junior high, you used to say, meet me at the fence. Okay, but Moses said, meet me at the tent. Moses knew he didn't have to fight his battles. God would fight them for him. And that morning when Korah and all those in rebellion came out and had their censors and all that, Moses uh, and Aaron were at the front of the tent, and Moses looked at Aaron and said, Go low, duck. <laughs> they went down, and the fire went out. I think it opened up, too. It's just consumed them, and it was over. Now, you would think that that was enough to prove God was making a point, but the next day it says that the Israelites were pretty upset. They were grumbling, they were mad. The next day, all the congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and against Aaron and said, you killed the people of the Lord. Weren't you here? We didn't. It was God, the people of Yahweh. And when the congregation assembled against Moses and against Aaron, they turned toward the tent of meeting. And behold, the cloud that covered it and the glory of the Lord appeared, and Moses and Aaron came to the front of the tent of meeting, and the Lord said to Moses, get away from the midst of the congregation, I am going to consume them in a moment. And they fell to their faces. And Moses said to Aaron this thing. Now this is amazing. I mean, come on, this, can you imagine the cloud of God, the Shekinah glory on that tent now becomes this fire and whirlwind that's just going forth as a plague and they're down underneath this thing and they're they're crawling and, and it says Moses crawls over to Aaron and he goes get your censer get your censer fill it with incense 
and go stand between the people and the plague. Wow. I don't know if I would have done that. I would have said, get him, God. Get him. And you feel a little bit of righteous indignation. Get him. You know, we got to be careful because in our climate today, there are many of us who see other people as our enemies, and, and rightfully there are people who are trying to steal and kill and take the liberties and the rights and all these different things. And uh, an attitude you may have is, get them, God. But that is not the attitude of Jesus Christ who died for every single person out there. And I am going to stand on the character of Jesus and the scriptures as long as I am pastor. And I'm going to speak of what Jesus would do and what Jesus would say. Despite what your political agenda or emotional agenda or cultural agenda, whatever it may be, we've got to find the heart of Jesus in it. And the heart of Jesus is for everyone. And the heart of Jesus is that he died for all. And we're to bring the mediation of heaven between the plague and the people so that we can save somebody. Amen? That's where the church should be, in the middle of the battle, being a mediator between heaven and mankind. We're the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. We're the ones who are supposed to care. And so he said, Moses turned to Aaron and he said, take your censer and put fire in it from off the altar and take it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them. For wrath has gone out from the Lord and the plague has begun. So Aaron took it, as Moses said, and he ran into the midst of the congregation of the assembly. And as he ran out into the midst... He put the incense and made atonement, and he stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stopped. Now that's interesting. God was the one commanding the plague to go forth, but he had given authority in the earth to the intercessors. What does that say about us? God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. God is doing things. God's putting things out there. But he will follow the heart of the intercessors. Oh, where are the intercessors? Standing in the gap. There was a gap between God's wrath, right and just as it was, and the sinner's. But God had trained Moses and Aaron to hold their position as intercessors and mediators to stand between those people. You've got to understand something. If Israel would have been wiped out, you and I would never have been saved. Or all those generations of people who have been saved. Israel was the one who held the seed of Messiah. That's why he had them kill the Canaanites. That's why he killed, had them kill the Jebusites and the Hittites and all those other who would have attacked Israel and who would have easily wiped them out. And where would the plan of salvation for mankind be? No, it was essential. And Moses and Aaron knew they needed the seed of Abraham to sustain through Israel. And Aaron came and stood, this is the same, stood before God making atonement between the ones who wanted to get rid of him. 
This is true intercession that you would stand for those who hate you and persecute you and revile you. Doesn't this sound like a speech Jesus gave once? And so we've got to be there. We've got to be in the midst of the fire. We've got to be in the midst of the battle. And we've got to mediate between even those who you completely disagree with, even those who you know are completely wrong, but you have to mediate on their behalf. Oh, God, save them. And he did. And it says this, Now those who died in the plague were 14,700. 14,700 people. I mean, come on. I don't read about a long pause here between Moses telling them to get the fire and to go out. Right? Could you, do, you know, you're in a crisis. Do you think Aaron said, uh, you know what, I'll, I'll do it, but I got to use the restroom. I'm a little hungry. Let me get something to eat. I'll go out. When it's a little cooler, it's really hot right now. A lot of fire, a lot of plague. I'm just not feeling it. So, I mean, how quick did it take for him to get the sensor, get the fire from the altar, and run out to where the people were? And in that time, 14,000 people were dead. How many people are going to have to die before the church will wake up? Stand up in its position of intercession. How many? And folks, you know what? You and I, we're okay. We're going to heaven. Hallelujah, glory. But what about everybody else going into an eternal damnation? We have got to be the people that stand to mediate between the two. We're the doorkeepers. We're the ones who stand between them. Ah, we've got to wake up and understand our positioning. What's, what's happening too much with us is that we're concerned about ourselves more than we are others. We're much too concerned about ourselves than others. You are saved. You're all set. Then let's do something about this situation. Mark says this. Jesus is speaking in Mark 13 about the end times. I'm not saying we're in the end times, but we're sure getting a flavor of it and a hint of it with global pandemics and global uh, uprisings. Listen to what Jesus says. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. That should tell you something. Angels don't even know when he's coming back. So, be on guard, keep awake. There it is, the watchwords for the church. Be on guard, keep awake. For you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to do what? Stay awake doorkeeper stay awake is there a doorkeeper in the earth yeah we are the doorkeepers to the gates of heaven whosoever sins you remit will be remitted whosoever you pardon will be forgiven whoever you call out will be called out in judgment so i mean there's great authority here therefore stay awake 
You do not know when the master of the house is going to come, in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or in the morning. Now, I happen to believe that that rooster crowing reference that Jesus put right there, when does a rooster crow? In the morning. But right now as Jesus is talking to the twelve and he's making reference to roosters crowing, who's in the crowd? that he's saying, stay awake. Didn't uh, Peter, James, and John go into the garden with him? And what did he tell them to do? Stay awake. And then didn't he tell Peter, beware, you'll deny me when that cock crows. Be alert, Peter. Peter was more concerned about himself than Jesus. Even though he wanted to be near Jesus, he protected himself. He says, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Now scholars writing in the book of Mark understand that Mark was presented to an audience. Mark was read or dramatized, that's how it was originally written, to be presented to a group of people. So if Mark is writing this to a group of people, he's writing what Jesus said, and he's saying, and I say to you, and what I say to you, I say to all. And who is the all he's talking to? All Christians throughout all ages. So this is a, an alarm to stay awake and stay alert for when the Lord comes. And I believe it's not just when he comes at the second coming, but when he comes to move in the earth. Stay alert when God wants to move. How many of you think we need to move in Detroit? Better stay alert. How many of you want to have a move in this nation? We better stay alert. We're the doorkeepers. We're the watchmen. We're the ones with that intercession to keep the plague, to keep the spirit of death, to keep the demonic from moving in in greater force. There is only one force on the planet that can stop the hordes of the demonic workers that are trying to take over. And that one group are the doorkeepers in the spirit realm. They are the church. The mediators, the high priests. This is our hour. But you might be overwhelmed. You might be dismayed. How, what am I supposed to do? But all Aaron did was take the fire that God already had on the altar. He didn't have to produce something new. He didn't have to conjure up something. He didn't have to go to school to become a scholar. He didn't have to learn how to preach. He just had to get what God already put in place. Is there a Holy Spirit in the earth? Is there a Holy Spirit in the people of God? Then the fire's already on the altar. You're the censor that holds it. You just got to stand. And having done all, stand. So stay awake. The only thing keeping us from being active and powerful in the work of God is we fall asleep on the job. You gotta stay woke. Popular word. What does it mean to be woke? Okay? Now, this is a, this is a great concept because it's what the church 
was already told to do by Jesus. The idea of being woke means to be aware what's going on in the community, what's going on with in the, in the racial justice and social system. To be woke is not to go with the system that has already been going, but to be aware of who you are in your identity. Okay? You with this? That's what it means to be woke. To be aware. I'm not going to fit in the form that this culture has put me in any longer. I'm going to walk outside of and be woke of who I am in my identity and what kind of justice and relationship that I deserve to have. Okay? That's the concept of it. Now, it can be used in many different ways and distorted. But this is a great word for the church. When will we get woke? And know where you're supposed to stand and what your identity in Christ is. See, devil's going to prowl around like a roaring lion. Demons are moving all over. The last thing they want is the church to get woke. Understand who you are. Understand what is rightfully yours. And to start calling it out and claiming it. That's why Paul says this in Ephesians. Awake, O sleeper. Awake and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Get woke. Understand what the will of God is. Be alert, be aware. The hour is upon us. We can stay the hand of the enemy. We can stay the hand of the demonic realm if we stand in the place of intercession. We don't fight flesh and blood. We're not warring against flesh and blood. What are we warring against? Principalities. How many of you have watched a, how many of you have watched a YouTube about what principalities and demons are doing right now? No, 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 we're all busy watching the latest YouTube of this and the latest talking head that says that and the podcast that does this. When's the church going to pay attention to what's going on in the spirit realm? Now, uh, please understand, we need to have our news. I, I understand all that. We need to discern. It's hard to find out where to stand in all this. How many of you have had that problem? Man, I'm, I'm wrestling with this every day. What is the right temperament to have in these issues? Anybody else wrestling with this? I'm wrestling with it. What is right? What is just? What is unjust? This guy says that. Makes a good argument. That guy says this. I didn't know that about that. And I'm trying to, okay, I guess I need to dig a little deeper and find out. And then we begin to pray. We begin to see, God, show me with eyes what is right. Show me what Jesus would do. And that's what he's saying. Wake up. Don't be dead. Look careful where you walk. Make the best. In other words, redeem the time. Buy back the time, your time. Use this time because the days are evil. So do not do what's foolish. Understand the will of the Lord. Now, let me ask you this. Will unsaved people understand the will of the Lord? Who's going to understand the will of the Lord? Us. We're the ones with the fire from the altar. We're the ones who can stop the plague and the move of, of these issues. 
He says, wake up, stay alert, doorkeepers, be aware. Now, I say this to a group of people, that is, you already are. You're working at it. And so I say this to encourage you. If it, if it convicts you, praise God, good. Because I'm convicted too. And I need to, I need to get woke. I need to be aware of the positioning of where Jesus wants me. You know what? It's no longer good enough that you go to church. Well, first of all, we couldn't get to church. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Everything's changing from here on out. It's not good enough that we're Christians who live in a nation and do our own thing. It's time for us to be people who live in the spirit realm and call the things of God forth. It's time to change who we are. It's time to and God's been calling us and preparing us as a church. I feel that as Christ Community Church, we've been prepared for an hour such as this. So we're alert, we're aware, and we're getting ready to stand between whatever the enemy's going to try to do and to bring the love of Jesus to a lost people. Amen? One to one, person to person. Bow your heads, let's pray together. Jesus, we love you. Father God, we praise you, and we are aware of what you're calling us to. I'm calling to each one of the people here and those who are listening by Facebook right now that you would recognize that the fire from the altar is in you. It is not a fire that burns from wood or animal sacrifices. It is literally the very fire of God from his throne. It is the Holy Spirit himself that is within us. So that where you stand, the kingdom stands. Where you stand and reside, the presence of God resides. You are the light of the world. You are the presence of God. So may we take this mantle and stay alert and awake. Awaken us, O oh God. Would you stand with me tonight as I ask you this? I ask you a question if you'll pray with me. Will you be ready to be called on when the Spirit calls you to prayer? Consider that. Might be the middle of the night. Might be in the middle of work. Might be in the middle of a meal. But are you ready to be called upon? But Lord, I worked hard all day. Go to somebody else. But you're my censor. You're my fire from the altar. So would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Jesus, I stand before you humbled that you would call upon me. I am forever grateful that you saved me and you filled me with your Holy Spirit. So use me. I am now available at all times. Prompt me to prayer. Prompt me to touch lives. Prompt me to share the gospel. And we as high priests in union with Christ will do your will in Jesus' name.
Amen.